With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome in, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN. Also presented to you by Belly Up Sports. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We're talking about the Thursday night recap. There's a lot to go over from last night's game, along with the late window matchups for Week 15, our second round of the playoffs. We got things kicked off last night with the Raiders and the Chargers. Of course, to kick off the show, too, we will talk about some injury updates for you guys. I will say some silver lining news here from a, a year that's been crazy. That's so far so good on the injury news front. So far so good on the COVID news front. We had guys like Suck Up, uh, Ryan Suck Up, the kicker of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, be able to come back today. And uh, they had, they man, they lost our whole special teams related to COVID, so they've been able to get back and activated. And there's for the most part here, we don't have too many knock on wood. We don't have too many COVID issues yet heading into this week that affect uh, fantasy in a big impactful way, but. I bring that up here to illustrate this next point, which is remember a couple of weeks ago, remember even yet last week, we had Miles Gaskin go down on a Saturday. Now we have two games being played on Saturday this particular week. Make sure you have options. Do not go into your, your fantasy playoff matchups this, this Saturday, this Sunday, this weekend, and think to yourself that I've got my lineup. I'm good. I don't need to make any other waiver moves. I don't need to look around to see what else is available. No. 
Build your lineup. Solidify your lineup with as many fantasy value assets as you possibly can. Even if you have your roster construction set up in a particular way, if you have a couple of roster spots that were maybe handcuffs, because at this point, handcuffs are going to be almost irrelevant. Not, not quite irrelevant until next week, but almost irrelevant. If you have extra defenses, extra quarterbacks, things of that nature, you might want to try to open up some roster spots and give yourself enough fantasy value assets, whatever they may be, whether it's a wide receiver, a running back, a tight end, does not matter, from the waiver wire. And make sure you have options available to you in case what happens a couple of weeks ago or even last week happens again this Saturday where we lose fantasy impactful players on the day before that we thought we were going to have them in our lineups. Do not get content with your roster construction. Make sure you have options. Make sure you have an idea of like, hey, you know what? If this guy goes down in this position, what's my backup plan? You have to look at it this way. Otherwise, you're going to get left out to dry, possibly, if we have another COVID outbreak this Saturday, the day before the game. So that's my big advice to you on this Friday before we head into the weekend, because other than contacting us and following us along on social media at BillyUpMDFFShow, which will always be available to you through that, we're not going to talk to you guys again until next Monday, or this upcoming Monday, I should say, when we recap the Sunday afternoon games. So I want to make sure I leave you guys with that advice heading into the weekend. Also, a little tidbit, next week is Christmas, which means this show, Christmas Eve, we'll still, we'll still have our show on Thursday, but next Thursday's show is going to be a full Week 16 preview. So what for many of you might wind up being the last show of the year because if you win your championships, while I hope you'll come back to MD Nation and listen to the MD Sunday Football Show the following week because we will be doing episodes like normal that entire following week up for the Week 17 Amateur Hour Leagues, as I like to call them, the people who actually play their championships in Week 17. We'll still be producing content for those guys. But in case... Week 16 is the last time you're going to listen to a fantasy football show in general until next year or until the summer, whichever. Our entire show is going to be Christmas Eve because we're not going to be we're not going to be doing a show here on Christmas Day. So make sure you check it out next Thursday, 12 to 1.30. We'll see if the time gets flexed out a little bit. We might might see if we can extend it a little. We'll see what happens there. But at least at the very least from 12 to 1.30, we're going to have a full Week 16 preview. So just to keep you guys aware about that. All right. Now that we got all that out the way, let's dive into some of these injury updates from the games that we talked about in yesterday's show. Now, again, every show is available to you on a streaming app, whether it's iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and also, most importantly, available to you on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network app for Android or WWSRN for iOS. We are always available to you guys. Just look for the MD's Fantasy Football Show. So let's talk about some of the games and the injury updates that we have coming up. Denver off the bat. Looks like they're going to have Melvin Gordon. Looks like they're going to have Philip Lindsay. Looks like they're going to have Noah Fant. So everybody who you're worried about involved for Denver, is looks, it looks like they're going to be available for you guys. Remember, we talked about Melville Gordon being an RB2 as long as he is good to go because of the way he catches the ball, because of the way he's been running as of late. So that gets to stay the same here against Buffalo. Now, this is a tougher Buffalo defense than it has been for most of the season. On paper, it's going to look like it's a good matchup for the running back. I think Melvin Gordon will have some tough sledding, but the overall volume and the involvement in the passing game should give him a decent floor in this one with a chance to score. On the other side of the ball against Buffalo, John Brown has been rolled out. So while he returned to practice this week and we thought maybe there was a chance he would be able to come back, 
he has been ruled out. That will get updated in the rankings at BellyUpFantasySports.com before that game kicks off tomorrow at 4.30. Make sure you're checking out for half point, full point, or even standard scoring. All those rankings are up there for you guys to give you coming some kind of semblance on what we're expecting this weekend coming up in one of the most important weeks of the year. In fact, it's the most important week of the year until next week when we have the championship week. Carolina, we have DJ Moore looking like he's going to be good to go. No surprise here, though. Christian McCaffrey will not. That's not a shock right here. We already talked about Mike Davis being the running back the rest of the way. It doesn't make any sense for them to bring back Christian McCaffrey at all. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons. Julio Jones is out, so you're not going to have Julio Jones again this week. Again, he's another player who kind of falls into this mold of a group of guys that we've been talking about that I don't know if it makes any sense to bring him back at all. I don't know why they would at this point. I don't, I don't see it. So I doubt, highly doubt that we will see a Julio Jones again this season. He's just going to get those hamstrings better. But it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Atlanta Falcons to see what happens with Julio Jones and with Matt Ryan. Tampa Bay, we're still waiting on Ronald Jones. We are still leaning towards Ronald Jones not playing. It's hard to gauge because... Not only did he have the, the injury to his pinky, the fracture that he has pins in, but being that he's not going to be eligible to play in practice anyway because of the COVID issue, because of the high-risk contact that he got tagged on, now all of a sudden you find himself in a situation where we can't really get an update on Ron Jones until he gets activated off the COVID list, essentially. But because between the surgery, not being able to practice at all this week with the COVID issues, I would lean towards Ronald Jones not being able to go this particular week. I just don't see it. That wouldn't make any sense to me. You keep him out for a week. You're in the playoff hunt. So I will expect to see Leonard Fournette out there and good to go. I will expect to see Leonard Fournette as an RB2 this week. So that's what I expect to see there. Make sure you're firing up Leonard Fournette. Keep Ronald Jones on the bench. I don't think you're going to have him. The Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Raheem Mostert was able to practice in a limited capacity. Unfortunately, the 49ers, I mean, not unfortunate, but there's been so much news about, you know, George Kittle, them actually opening the practice window for George Kittle, that a lot of the other news that we need to know for an actual, you know, fantasy update, because nobody's playing George Kittle this week, uh, has kind of gone by the wayside a little bit in San Francisco. But it does seem like we're trending towards a Mostert being available. However, he may be limited. And we already knew that he was going to be limited to some degree by Jeff Wilson because of the committee that they've been showing anyway. But it does seem like Moser is getting less healthy rather than healthier as we head into these weeks. Not what you want to hear playing against the Dallas Cowboys because you're going to, it's going to be hard not to play Raheem Moster as an RB2 in this matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, a matchup the San Francisco 49ers need to have, a matchup Dallas needs to have. And when you know the 49ers running style should be very effective against this defense. So that's going to be the key here. So it's going to be hard to keep Raheem Mostert out, and I'm going to keep him as an RB too because it only takes one play. But him getting more than 15 touches or even two 15 touches is going to be difficult, and that's something you're going to have to keep in mind. So if you feel good on Raheem Mostert on 10 to 12 touches, because that's probably more realistic to where he's going to get, then go ahead and fire him up with confidence, and I'm still gonna like I still have some confidence in him because he's gonna be an RB too. Just takes that one play and against Dallas, they are not gonna match up well with the San Francisco 49ers style of running. Dallas has some injury updates in their own right with Ezekiel Elliott. It's, it sounds like Ezekiel Elliott's going to play, but 
it sounds like he's less healthy this week based on the comments that the coach has been talking about than he was a week ago. And we've, we saw a week ago he didn't look great against Cincinnati. Now you're going up against the San Francisco 49ers with a legit run defense. I already had him as an RB3 to begin with. I think you have to start to ask your questions. Do you even play Ezekiel Elliott this week against San Francisco? Is he in your lineup at all? And frankly, I may be moving him further down my rankings as well. I think we're going to see a healthy dose of Tony Pollard in this game. And overall, the running back efficiency might not even be all that efficient because of the matchup. I think there's a real chance here that you are not going to play Ezekiel Elliott, or at least, at the very least, he's not going to be a locked-in starter for me heading into this week. He already wasn't as an RB3. I might want to bump him outside of my top 36 on the news that he is getting less healthy as well. Detroit's an interesting one. We had a couple updates throughout the day on those. With Detroit, we had some issues of, you know, we knew Stafford wasn't going to practice this week. So hearing Stafford's not going to practice is is really neither here nor there when it came to when we're trying to figure out, is he going to be available? He is traveling with the team to Tennessee. He would not be doing that now if he did not have a decent chance to play. Because he could travel he could travel separately. He if he doesn't travel at all, then it opens up the door like, all right, well, are you gonna bother? But he can travel separately with a guy who hasn't really been in the locker room, hasn't been on the practice field with all the COVID protocols and everything like that. He doesn't need to travel with the team, and yet he is. In my mind, that means he's got a pretty decent shot of suiting up on Sunday. If he does, he is a quarterback streaming option against a Tennessee team and a game in which could very well be high scoring. And that'll affect Marvin Jones as well to see what he's able to do. I think Marvin Jones could be a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three if Stafford plays in this game. And I talked about Tennessee side of the ball too yesterday when I think it boosts everybody involved there. So make sure you go back and listen to that episode. But Matthew Stafford, I, I lean towards Stafford's going to wind up suiting up and playing. That's what I'm leaning towards based on the news that he is traveling with the team to Tennessee today. Now, Kenny Galladay, on the other hand, we knew he was going to play. We also know in this show, we talked about that, that there doesn't make any sense for him to actually play at all this again this year. But it sounds like Bevel this morning finally came out and acknowledged that the conversation of just officially shutting Kenny Galladay down for the rest of the season should be a conversation that needs to be had at this point. So that's going to pretty much give us the clarity that Kenny Galladay's done for the year. If you were somehow holding out hope for your championship weeks, which I don't think many people were at this point, but it sounds like we're going to get that confirmation soon. David Johnson returned to practice for Houston Texans, so he should be good to go. Brandon Cooks has been limited in practice all week. He's expected to be good to go as well for the Houston Colts game. The Dolphins are another interesting one. They have, uh, I don't know what's going on in the uh, Dolphins locker room, but they must have some magical waters in there or something because all of a sudden, Mike Kosicki's out there practicing, Devontae Parker's out there practicing, Jakeem Grant's out there practicing. When we started off this week, we didn't think any of these guys were going to be able to even have a chance to play this week. We didn't think anybody was going to be able to practice this week. All these guys have been out there. Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant have been limited all week long. And now Mike Kosicki got out there today, apparently, and was catching footballs. I don't know how for any of them because they were all pretty brutal injuries last week. 
all listed at week to week coming out of Sunday. And yeah, it seems like all these guys might be able to play. So a lot of roster ranking adjustments are going to have to happen here. A lot of ranking adjustments on my part because I didn't have Parker or Mike Kosicki playing in this game. I didn't have him ranked. So a lot of things are going to have to change and get updated there as well. Keep your eyes out for that. I mean, if they play, Mike Kosicki is a streaming tight end who's hovering around that top 12 territory, especially the way he's been utilized in the red zone with Tua Tagovailoa. Devontae Parker, I may not want to play him regardless whether he plays or not. One, being limited to Stephon Gilmore. And the three, rookie quarterback versus Bill Belichick. We're not exactly sure how that's going to go. Not to mention, while Parker's target share has still led the way for the team, hasn't been great. His production has not been great since Tua has taken over. He doesn't get those deep field shots as much as he does anymore. He doesn't get those opportunities, those 50-50 balls. He doesn't get that with Tua. So I don't know if I've been playing Devontae Parker regardless whether he suits up or not, but it's just an interesting note that all of a sudden all these guys seem like they're going to find a way to play against the New England Patriots this week. Washington's another one. Washington-Seattle. We had Alex Smith matchup. He's not practicing, but they seem have they have been pretty consistent all week long on the idea that while they are going to make sure they take it easy on Alex Smith, they fully anticipate having him this week. From from what I can tell. So, I do believe Alex Smith will play. And I do believe that you will be able to build your fantasy lineups based off of that. What do we have next? Baltimore Ravens. We're waiting. We're still waiting to see about Marquise Brown. Now, I'm, from what I understand, he has been testing negative, so he should he should actually be able to be eligible to be cleared for this game. Now, obviously, Marquise Brown is that one hit wonder. Not much else, but he's that one hit wonder that you can take that boomer bust option on if you need it in your lineups. But we'll see what's able to happen from there. And I think that's it for the... No, uh, one last one for you guys. No, that's in the games that we'll talk about. So I think that's it for the injury updates from the games that we talked about in yesterday's show. So make sure you go ahead, go back, listen to that, or watch it on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Make sure you check that out for the rest of the early window of games tomorrow and 1 o'clock. Remember, we got two Saturday games tomorrow. So now we can go ahead and dive into Thursday's football game. We can dive into the Chargers. We can dive into the Raiders. And we had a lot to talk about. Marcus Mariota pretty much had to come in after the first quarter and played the majority of this game. And you know what? He played well. He did play well. Now, ultimately, yes, the Chargers wound up winning this game in overtime, 30-27. to But it wasn't because of Marcus Mariota. He came in 17-28, 226 yards, had a touchdown, had an interception. Used his legs, 88 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Before you even ask me the question, yes, Marcus Mariota will be a streaming option next week. Now, I know this game may have knocked out any chance the Raiders had of making the playoffs, and that's going to be interesting to watch when it comes to Josh Jacobs. Now, they gave Jacobs the ball a lot in this game. He ran the ball 26 times, only 76 yards. He did get the rushing touchdown, and he also tacked on three receptions for 38 yards on three targets. 
However, he picks up a knee injury during a game. Now, he was able to play through it, and they still fed him the ball. But if you're going to be out of the playoffs, Josh Jacobs has been dealing with injuries quite a bit. Just next week will be very interesting. The one thing that bodes well for fantasy owners who wind up in the championship and have Josh Jacobs, the one thing that bodes well for you is that at least he will have a 10-day period off after doing the Thursday game. So I do think there's a decent chance here that Josh Jacobs will be able to still be available to you guys for your championship weeks. And he winds up with a solid game here to kick things off. Now the big winner of the day, of course, was Darren Waller. Nine catches, 150 yards, a touchdown. Clearly the favorite target of Marcus Mariotti. He had 12 targets on the day. Nelson Aguilar, again, had the targets in this one. Eight targets, only four catches for 49 yards, though. He didn't get that big play, which is kind of what he's been dependent upon in order to have those big fantasy returns. But again, another game in which Nelson Aguilar has, shows you he has a little bit of a floor. So he's not as boomer bust as he used to be. He still leads the way in targets. Hunter Renfro went down with an injury during this game. and They didn't have uh, Henry Ruggs available in this one to start with. So pretty, it pretty much boiled down to you had Darren Waller, you had Nelson Aguilar, and you had Josh Jacobs on the ground. They tried to utilize that. The offensive line didn't play great in this game for the Raiders. But dear Lord. Could you make it any more obvious when you were going to run the ball to Josh Jacobs? And when you did run the ball with Josh Jacobs, can, is he allowed to run to any other gap besides the A or B gap? This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah. You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. No stretch runs. Only two tosses. Both went for losses of four or five yards, I believe. Everything they did was just smack into the middle behind the center. Smack into the middle behind the center. And the Chargers were sitting there with eight, nine guys in the boxes waiting for it every single time. Every single time. So that's where it's been tough. Now, on the Chargers side of things, Justin Herbert, if you stuck with him, he came through for you for a decent day. Not a huge day, but a decent day. 314 yards two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. That's the, start, that's the kind of start you want out of your quarterback in your fantasy football playoff matchups. 
Now, I had Justin Herbert ranked at QB 13. I didn't have him as a must-start because we didn't know what we were going to have out of a Keenan Allen, out of a Mike Williams heading into the matchup. And you know what? We didn't have much out of them at all. We did not have much out of them at all. Keenan Allen, one catch, 17 yards on three targets. Now, he was out there throughout the game. But it was clear he was there to be more of a decoy than anything else. I mean, it was... It was Jalen Guyton who had four receptions for 91 yards and six targets. It was Hunter Henry who had five catches for 65 yards and a touchdown in this game. And then Tyron Johnson, who wound up coming through as a sleeper after all, even though both Keaton Allen and Mike Williams were activated, three catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. He was able to spread the ball out to everybody. He almost looked like a more complete quarterback, realizing he didn't have to throw the ball to Keenan Allen all the time. Kind of interesting how that works out sometimes. Now, this was a Raiders defense with no Jonathan Abram that had no answer for the pass all night long. Anytime Justin Herbert dropped back to pass, he had all day long to decide where he wanted to go with the ball and guys coming wide open all over the place. So things are going to look a little bit better against defenses like this to begin with. But if you stuck with Justin Herbert, you were rewarded. Austin Eckler, 13 carries, 60 yards. Didn't do anything. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say he didn't do anything. Didn't do much in the receiving game. Only four catches, 19 yards on four targets. But the four targets is what shocks me. It was a back and forth game. Justin Herbert was throwing the ball well. Keenan Allen is a decoy. Mike Williams is a decoy. I thought for sure of nothing else. We knew Hunter Henry would probably get his, but I thought for sure of nothing else, Austin Eckler would be targeted a ton because he has been anyway. They didn't do that in this game. So if you're an Eckler owner, you won't look pretty disappointed. Pretty much if you stuck with Justin Herbert, you were rewarded. Because other than being a Hunter Henry owner and streaming him, none of the charges that you depended upon to get you to this point really came through for you in this one. And hopefully you'll be able to survive it. But Keenan Allen getting one reception for 17 yards if you played him against the Raiders, that's going to be difficult to do. And I still had him ranked. I dropped him down the rankings before that game happened. I saw him ranked as a wide receiver, too, though. Look, it's Keenan Allen. He's going to be active against the Raiders. You have to play him. You can't blame yourself. That's one of those that if you ultimately wind up losing this week, you can't blame yourself because of it. You just can't. So what we're going to do before we dive into the late window of games, we're going to take a quick break. Come back on the other side. we got all the late window matchups to talk to you guys about and a mailbag segment. So everybody, please stay tuned right after these messages on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN, also presented to you by Belly Up Sports. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We just got done talking about last night's game, recapping that, and getting you all up to date on the injury updates from yesterday's show, which you can go back and watch or listen to on your favorite streaming app. Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you like to go, the MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you guys wherever you like. And, of course, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Android and WWSRN on iOS. So now let's go ahead and dive into our late window games that we had to talk about in today's show. Kicking it off 
with the Jets and the Rams. We just got some news before the show really started, actually, that James Crowder was able to practice on a limited capacity, still has the calf issue, sounds like he'll be able to play, will be listed as questionable heading into the weekend, and this is how much I care for fantasy football purposes. No. Not playing a New York Jet against the Rams with the defense that they've been playing with as of late, which has been a top-notch defense, an elite defense. Not with Sam Darnold, scrubby Sam Darnold, scrubby Adam Gase. There's not a fantasy-relevant player. Because even the running back situation, Adam Gase is like, yeah, yeah, we'll have a four-man rotation of a bunch of bums and practice squad guys. Why not? Nothing on the Jets is worth your time. But what you can do is play against them. Rams defense, one of the top defenses you could possibly have for fantasy football purposes this particular week. You could Jared Goff. Is QB 10 for me. He's a guy you can consider streaming and being a top 12 quarterback for you this week. Cam Akers is an RB1 in my rankings. I have an RB6 overall. Cooper Cup, wide receiver 17. Robert Woods, wide receiver 14. High-end wide receiver twos. The only thing you can't really play is the tight end situation because they just haven't been very involved consistently regardless of their opponent. The only thing I'm worried about from your Rams fantasy relevant players in this week's matchup is game script. That's it. That's the only thing I would be considered. I was the only thing I'd be concerned about. I wouldn't be concerned about anything else. Could the Rams just flat out decide that they are going to win this game, dominate this game with Cam Akers and the defense? Kind of like what they did last week to the New England Patriots. Is that a possibility that something similar to that nature could happen? The answer is yes. The answer is unequivocally yes. So that's going to be the one concern you have when it comes to Jared Goff, when it comes to Cooper Cup, when it comes to Robert Woods. Because you're going to want to play these guys against the Jets. You know what the, You know how horrendous the Jets are against the passing attack. The Rams have looked pretty solid over the past few weeks in that, right? Sean McVay has them going more up-tempo, which has been helping out Jared Goff, has been helping out the volume of a Cooper Cup and a Robert Woods. But the issue here becomes, are they just going to win it through their game script, through their defense, through their running game? That's the only concern I have when it comes to a Cooper Cup, a Robert Woods, and a Jared Goff. Otherwise, you have to play these guys. Or Jared Goff's case, he's at least in the conversation if you're looking at the streaming quarterbacks available to you this week. But that's why Cam Akers is an RB1, because he's the one guy I'm looking at. Is I don't care how this game script goes, whether the Rams are ahead, whether it's close, whatever the case may be, Cam Akers is going to be allowed to run because he finally have clarity in this backfield of who the guy is. After last week, there's no, there's no question mark about it. There is no rotation. It's Cam Akers. And if Sean McVay were to go this Sunday and decide to rotate this back into a, a committee backfield, then I, you guys all have permission for me to throw eggs at him at the press conference because that just can't happen at this point. There's no way. I'd be willing to bet whatever amount of money that you want to bet on that Cam Akers is going to be hands down the lead guy heading into this week's matchup. That's how confident we are now finally at this point, and that's a good thing. Because now you know what to count on. So let's move off this game. Because it's pretty straightforward on what you're going to be doing from a fantasy standpoint. Let's talk about a game that might be a little bit more cloudy. Might be a little bit more interesting. That's the Philadelphia Eagles and the Arizona Cardinals. 
Jalen Hurts is QB 16 for me. So he's in the streaming conversation, depending on what your options are available to you. And it's it's pretty simple. It's because of his legs. I wasn't really overly impressed with him throwing the football last week. But there was two things coming out of last week. One, the Eagles offense definitely looked a lot better with the game plan that they built around Jalen Hurts. And two, they building that game plan around Jalen Hurts using his legs to open things up. I mean, he ran for over 100 yards. He's going to use his legs. He's going to run for a lot again this game against the Arizona Cardinals. So will it be for 100 yards? I'm not so sure. But will he have a high floor because of his scrambling ability? 100%. 100%. He'll be able to hit the tight ends, like a Dallas Goddard, a Zach Ertz. Miles Sanders all of a sudden is popping back up on people's radars as a guy who could be a championship winner if we get to see what he did against the Saints last week continue with Jalen Hurts in the starting quarterback position. Now, the one thing I will say about last week, he still only had 14 carries, but he busted the big play. That's something that's not really super sustainable. What I want to see is I want to see Miles Sanders getting 18 carries plus four receptions plus. I want to see him getting 20 touches total because that's what he should be doing. That's what he's supposed to be doing. And if you have Jalen Hurts' legs, well, now the bad offensive line isn't as bad for Miles Sanders because now all of a sudden there's going to be holes, there's going to be opportunities available at the snap that weren't there with Carson Wentz. So Miles Sanders becomes very interesting. He's RB16 for me this week. While it's not a great matchup on paper, it's also nothing that scares you. I'm not scared of the Arizona run defense. So as long as they continue to use those RPO actions, I do believe Miles Sanders can be a very solid RB2 with some upside because he's hit a big play a couple times this season, including last week with Jalen Hurts. It might be there. You still can't touch... The wide receivers for the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, like I said, still not overly impressed by Jalen Hurts throwing the football. Is a decent secondary for the Arizona Cardinals. And nobody has really been the guy. We had a we had a month stretch there of Travis Fulgham really kind of leading the way with all the targets. And that mm, that really hasn't been there since. It really hasn't. It's been spread out between Greg Ward and Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham and now Alshon Jeffrey trying to get his work back into the mix. He had a touchdown last week. This is only a reception of the day, but he had a touchdown last week. Rager's not even really getting hit down the field. Jalen Hurts is not a big-arm guy. So you're not touching any of these wide receivers. Now the tight ends, on the other hand, obviously in the conversation. Continue to play Dallas Goddard as the number one tight end, not just for the Philadelphia Eagles, but as a top 12 tight end in your fantasy football lineups. I know he didn't have a huge stat line last week or anything like that, but he still had the most targets in front of Zach Ertz. There's still definitely a comfortability there, and I do believe that the security blanket when Jalen Hurts is looking to throw the football to to move the chains, it's going to be Dallas Goddard. So I do think you can still play him as a tight end 11 because... This offense, I believe, will now be more focused around Jalen Hurts using his legs. I do worry a little bit about overall passing volume. But that's where we get into the other side of the ball with the Arizona Cardinals and what are they going to be able to do offensively. Kyler Murray is my QB 11. Now, that means he's just inside the top 12. It means he's still just a QB 1. But man, oh man, he's not playing well. 
And this Eagles defense is decent. Now, I don't know if they're going to have Darius Slay in this game, and that will affect things. That will be it will make it easier for Murray to be able to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, who returned to practice today, along with Chase Edmonds. They had not been in practice for most of the week up until this point, but they are going to practice today and are both expected to play. So nothing to be concerned about there. And if there is no Darius Slay, then Hopkins should have a really nice time. And even if there is, because Slay has been so banged up, he hasn't even really been a shutdown corner for these top wide receivers over the past few weeks anyway. So I like Hopkins in this game quite a bit because they have definitely made a recommitment to getting Hopkins the ball, to getting him the targets. That for some inexplicable reason, after Murray hurt his shoulder, they just weren't getting it to him. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. The squeaky wheel got the grease in DeAndre Hopkins' situation. So he's going to be good to go. I have him at wide receiver 10. So I have him right there at the wide receiver one position. Kenyon Drake, even though this is a tough matchup, you have Chase Edmonds, who will be active, but maybe not 100%. And again, with the way Murray has been playing as of late, it seems like he's trying to be more conservative with his body, which is taking away from his play overall, and it's killing Kyler Murray fantasy owners, but it is opening up the door for extra opportunities for Kenyon Drake especially when they get down the goal line. It's not Kyler Murray automatically vulturing his touchdowns off the read option. More times than not now, he's sitting back and he's letting Drake take the punishment. And that's getting his overall touches back up. And he's been finding the end zone. He's been scoring. He's been allowed to get those goal line carries. They haven't been getting ripped away from him. I don't know Kyler Murray's still not 100% yet. I mean, that's something we're not going to know. It doesn't, it's not going to come up in the practice reports. They're going to tell you that he's healthy. All I can tell you is that he's not playing the same way that he was earlier on in the season. And it all happened from the shoulder injury. Now, an AC joint, typically speaking, takes about three weeks, which means he would be coming at the end of that timeline. Now, I don't know how it extends when you continue to play on it. I don't know how much longer it takes to recover as a result of that. But that, to me, is the key. If he feels like he can't fire it down the field the way that he wants to, it seems like he's just, in general, trying to take less punishment right now. And it's affecting how much he runs. It's affecting how much he throws, how effectively he throws, down the field that he throws. I will say last week they did seem to want to get an idea going again where they know that they have to get Kyler Murray using his legs again because they're just not the same offense. He's not the same player. Do you have to play Kyler Murray if he's been your quarterback who got you here? Yeah, I think so. It's fantasy football. As long as he's going to use his legs again, that's why I bring that up because that's a silver lining there. If he's going to get back to using his legs at least again, then you'll have a good fantasy quarterback. I'm not going to bench him in my Week 15 you know, playoff matchups when I'm one game away from going to the championship. Uh, that, but my my concern is his his ceiling is not nearly as high as it was earlier on in the season because he's not adding the rushing with the passing anymore. 240 yards and a touchdown, I think, is about what you're hoping for out of Kyler Murray when he throws the ball now. Maybe two touchdowns. You got to get him back to using his legs. Hopefully we see that in this game. Let's move on now. Let's talk about Kansas City and the Saints. Let's talk about what's probably going to wind up being the game of the week, although last night's game was pretty good. Patrick Mahomes, QB1. Travis Kelsey, tight end one. No surprises there. The one that might be a little bit of a surprise for people is Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver one. Not a huge surprise. 
But given the way Devontae Adams has played and the Saints might be the best defense that the Kansas City Chiefs have faced this season. I know some people say, like, well, talent-wise, on paper-wise, Baltimore Ravens might have been. But I think we're starting to see some cracks in that Ravens secondary where you, if you have the proper amount of speed, they can't match up. Now, I don't know if any defense can match up with Kansas City speed in general. But this game being in New Orleans with this defense that does have a lot of options that corner, does have more speed than that Ravens team does, I do think it'll be an interesting matchup. This might be the toughest defense they faced. Not that that means it's going to help hold them in check. Not that it doesn't mean that I'm still not ranking these guys all at number ones at their position because that's what they deserve to be. And it doesn't really matter who they play at this point. But may- maybe, maybe the Saints defense has a little bit of a chance to hold these guys in check to some degree. I think the real question is, are you going to play CEH? And my answer to that is yes. He's in my RB3. now, So it's not a huge thing that we're talking about here. And I, I get that part of it. But he got more involved in the passing game last week. And while the Saints are not a good matchup for running the football against, generally speaking, unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles last week, you can throw the ball to the running back coming out of the backfield. You can take advantage of their linebackers sometimes in those situations. And as long as he gets back involved being, you know, a receiving back, which is probably his best attribute, really, then he'll have a nice floor. So I think you can play. I think you can play Clyde Edwards Hilaire from that standpoint. I'm having a few technical difficulties. We're going to have to take a quick break before we jump into the Saints and the rest of the matchups here. Please stay tuned with us right after this. We'll try to get the bugs worked out for you guys on the other side. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. All right, MD Nation, we are back. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN, also presented to you by Belly Up Sports. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I think we got the issues kinked out now. Uh, we're still up and live and everything on there, so we're just going to kind of power through here. Not really sure what's going on on my end, but as long as you guys can listen to me, as long as you guys can see me, then we are good, and we can start... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify... 
you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Full steam ahead right now with New Orleans Saints and the rest of the late window games we have to talk about. We still have a mailbag segment for you guys. A lot more content still ready to go for you guys in the show. So we're just talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, everybody's straightforward there. Clyde Woods is the only one who's kind of in question with a tough matchup. I don't expect him to be very efficient on the ground, but at the end of the day, I still expect him to be an RB3 because they finally got back to getting him more involved in the passing game, and it was clear he was operating well ahead of Le'Veon Bell last week. That's something I think they should continue as an offensive unit. On the Saints side of things, we've had some interesting breaks in this one. So right now, we still have Taysom Hill ranked as a starting quarterback, but that's going to have to change because moments before the show, it sounds like Drew Brees got officially cleared from doctors to play in Week 15. And from all reports that everything went very, very well throughout practice this week, they are confident in being able to play him this week against Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, When this week first started out, it sounded like they were going to operate more on the cautious side and maybe wait one more week before actually bringing back Drew Brees. They said they let the door open. They were going to see, if was was he going to be able to get through practice, get through throwing without having too much pain, and they were going to kind of base it off of that. And after the doctors cleared him today and he's been practicing in full, well, it sounds like Drew Brees is going to be the starting quarterback, not Taysom Hill. So that's something that's going to get updated in our rankings. As far as where Drew Brees is, does he have the ceiling of a Taysom Hill? No, because he doesn't have the rushing ability. But in a game in which they're going to have to put up points, they're going to have to put up points against Kansas City. There's no doubt about that. Drew Brees is going to get utilized. I mean, not that he wouldn't get utilized, but Drew, Drew Brees is going to have to be aggressive. Let's put it that way. He's going to have to be aggressive. So Drew Brees is going to be a top 10 quarterback for me for fantasy football purposes because they're going to have to put up points. Alvin Kamara owners, rejoice. Rejoice if Drew Brees is back in the lineup. Can you say double-digit targets? Michael Thomas, while we're expecting him to play this week, did not practice Wednesday, did not practice yesterday. So you might have a Michael Thomas who's not 100% right now on top of Drew Brees coming back. That should mean double-digit targets for Alvin Kamara. Now, that means Kamara, I might even move him up a little bit higher. I have him already at RB5 on the week, anticipating they were going to have to utilize him well ahead of Latavius Murray. My idea originally, you know, when I was going through these rankings with the assumption that Taysom Hill was going to be the guy, was that they were going to have to use Kamara ahead of Latavius Murray as far as a runner goes, and he would have to get more worked in the passing game. We saw last week he got seven targets. That's the most targets he had since Taysom Hill had taken over. And we looked at the game script of that of that, and why that happened. And it should be a similar game script here against the Kansas City Chiefs where they have to score. Taysom Hill is going to have to throw the football. That was going to be the key. Now, it's going to be Drew Brees, which means it doesn't matter what the game script is. Alvin Kamara might not lead the way in carries, but he's going to be targeted in the reception game just fine. So you're good to go there. Like I said, mentioned Thomas. Thomas is my wide receiver six on the week. Assuming he's good to go, right now, like I said, we are leaning towards that being the case, but we will find out maybe while this show is going on, the practice reports that come out a little bit later on. Again, it's volume-based. It's game script-based. They're going to have to find ways to put up points. They're going to have to be aggressive. And whether it's Taysom Hill or Drew Brees, we know Michael Thomas has a healthy amount of targets heading his way. 
since he's been back, he's been stepping it back up against. Hasn't been the Michael Thomas of yesteryear, of course, but he's been a very good receiver. And even though Kansas City is good against the perimeter wide receivers, they move Michael Thomas around so much. Especially now they have guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith that they can kind of just set up on the perimeter. Thomas can become a glorified slot receiver and get that mismatch against his defense. The only guy I'm continuing to probably not play is Jared Cook. Does come in at tight end 15 for me this week, which would put him in the streaming conversation. But he's been really just not good all year long. Whether it's been Drew Brees or Taysom Hill, it hasn't really mattered. You're talking about a guy with a really low floor. I think you're only taking the shot on a Jared Cook this week because of the possibility that everybody has increased potential for a touchdown just because the volume and offense is going to need to be there. But I think you should have better options than a Jared Cook this particular week. So you're definitely playing Kamar. You're definitely playing Michael Thomas. Whoever the starting quarterback is right now is looking like Drew Brees. You play him like a QB1. That's what it boils down to for the New Orleans Saints at the end of the day. Let's move into the Cleveland Browns and the New York Giants, the Sunday night game. This game might be big time, more big time than I thought it was. It th- thought it would be, you know, if this was a couple weeks ago. I'm going to be interested to watch the Cleveland Browns, how they respond after that crazy Monday night game, after that heartbreaking rival loss. A game in which if they had it, they would have been in prime position to run away with at least one of the wild card spots, if not be in the conversation for the division. Now the Steelers lost two in a row. And now they're probably going to have to settle for that wild card spot. They proved to everybody, even in a loss, that this team is for real. Because after they got pummeled by the Ravens in week one, people want to see, can you actually compete with this team? And while they still didn't get the win... They show that this is a legit playoff team who can score when they need to, even without OBJ throwing the football, and can run the ball. We know their defense is better than what they showed, too, because the Ravens stepped up their game in that one. How are they going to respond against the New York Giants? That becomes the question. A giant team that defensively has been playing very, very well. Now, I know they just came up against a dud game against the Arizona Cardinals last week. But that had everything to do with Daniel Jones. And we're going to talk about that in a second. So from a fantasy standpoint, what are you looking at from the Browns? They're going to lean on Nick Chubb. They're going to lean on Kareem Hunt. Chubb is in my top five running backs for the week. Number four overall. Kareem Hunt, he's back to being an RB2. Had a great game against the Baltimore Ravens. Finally snapped his cold streak. We know he gets enough volume to be an RB2 any given week. It's the question of do you actually execute? Because if he doesn't score, it's hard for him to get the yards, to get the floor that you're looking for out of an RB2. Because Nick Chubb has been so dominant on the ground. Nick Chubb's the one guy that, and that's why he's, that's why he's the RB1, who even if he doesn't score, he can usually get you enough yards to be a good fantasy production player. And John's been decent against the run, but... I think we can all understand this at this point. This Cleveland Brown rushing attack with Kevin Stefanski is a little bit different than most. They don't just run it up the A-gap and the B-gap. They stretch you out. They get the zone going. They get the one cut going. And I want to see how this Giants defense that's been playing really well does against a team that doesn't try to run it up the strength of this team, which is the middle, 
which is their middle linebacker, their two defensive tackles. I want to see them go against a team that's going to attack the edges. How are they going to hold up against that? Because I think that's the Achilles heel of this Giants defense. We're going to find out. But you play Chubb, you play Kareem Hunt with confidence. Play Jarvis Landry with some confidence. I got him at wide receiver 20 on the week. As long as it, I'm going to keep saying this probably every single week. As long as it's not 40 to 50 mile an hour wins, the targets that he has been seeing have been through the roof. He's got a great floor right now. James Bradbury might not play in this game. We got to wait to see exactly what the update on him is going to be from the COVID situation. But he might not play this week. And if that doesn't happen on top of Jarvis Landry with the targets he's been seeing, on top of the hot streak that Baker Mayfield, the passing attack in general for the Cleveland Browns, has been on, I don't care if the Giants' defense has been good. I expect a big floor, at the very least, out of Jarvis Landry with some upside to score. And I know Rashard Higgins has been playing really well uh, as of late, too, while this offense attack has picked up. I still have him outside of my top 36 wide receivers. I don't have him in that wide receiver three conversation. I have him more as a wide receiver four. I have him as more of a boom-bust flex option. I know the second wide receiver to the Giants is usually the guy who has the mismatch, but like I said, Bradbury is not really going to play this week. I don't see why they would move off of Jarvis Landry too much. The only reason that I could see Higgins having a good game would be if the Giants were able to keep this close all throughout and the Browns felt like they're going to have to take some shots with the offense. But honestly, I don't see it. I see the I see the Browns controlling this game. I see them rebounding well from the Monday night game. I see them using their run. Their defense is going to be healthier in this game. Denzel Ward might be back. Miles Garrett will be two weeks removed now from his injuries. He'll be back, I think, playing at a even a better level than we saw him last against the Baltimore Ravens. The Cleveland Browns' defense is not what we saw necessarily on Monday night, especially against Daniel Jones compared to Lamar Jackson. So that's where game script-wise, I think we could see the Browns just use their defense, use their running game, and not have a ton of volume in the passing game. And the volume that they do have in the passing game goes towards Jarvis Landry. So I think there's a really low floor on Rashard Higgins this week, even though he's been a guy that I think has popped up on people's radars in the flex stand because he could be a boom potential type of guy because of the way they play. I don't think this is the week, so I have him outside there. I think you have better options that you could turn to than a Rashard Higgins in your flex position. Now let's talk about that giant side of the ball. And Daniel Jones shouldn't be out there. Daniel Jones should not be out there. It was obvious he had no business being on the field last week. Why are they pushing him? Why are they trying to charge him out there? It doesn't make any sense. None whatsoever. If he can't use his legs, he's not a good quarterback. He's an athlete, not a quarterback, not a pocket passer. It's not what he is. If he can't move the pocket, if he can't buy time, if he can't use his legs as a, as a possible threat to keep defenses at bay, he's not good. At this point, if he doesn't have mobility, Colt McCoy would be a better choice for the Giants and for the fantasy-relevant players of the New York Giants than Daniel Jones would be. But Joe Judge has made it very, very clear. Daniel Jones is practicing limited capacity all week, and he is going to ride and die with his guy. But what does that do for everybody else? Well, guess what? It makes all the pass catchers... Nothing you can go after. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate. I ain't touching these guys. 
The one guy who I will look at as a top 12 tight end this week, and I had to I had to really do some thinking on this one because I wasn't sure if I wanted to rank him that high. But because the Cleveland Browns, for everything they have done well this year, have really struggled against keeping tight ends out of the end zone. They're such a good matchup for tight ends right now that Evan Ingram is somebody in my top 12 this week. He is a lock in starting tight end for me. And he's been in that category of mostly the streaming other tight ends too. So he might be somebody who's available depending upon your league. The targets haven't been there as much, but with Daniel Jones back, I do. that's the one thing I do like for Evan Ingram. I don't like him as much for Colt McCoy, but with Daniel Jones, I do like him a little bit more. It's just the fact that the tight ends have found the end zone against Cleveland Browns pretty consistently this season. If the Browns do what I expect them to do, which is pretty much control this game, the Giants are going to have to throw it at some point. And they might get a, a possession or two where they get in close. I do think that could be Evan Ingram time in this one. So he is a top 12 tight end to me, but I'm not touching the rest of the pass catchers. Now, there's some other news, too, with Devonta Freeman practicing in limited capacity. It sounds like he's on his way to getting back out onto the field. I don't know if it'll definitely be this week or not. That's something we'll have to keep you up to date on at Show on Twitter for all those player news notifications. But for now... Even if he plays, let's assume he does. Because that's the one that's most... It's pretty straightforward what you do when he doesn't play. I do not believe for one second, based on the way that he has played in this stretch, that Devonta Freeman is going to come in and usurp the starting role back from Wayne Gallman. It just wouldn't make sense at this point. Wayne Gallman's played really, really well. He had one of his worst games last week, and it still wasn't even that bad. They just didn't get to utilize him because of the game script because they were down 26-7. Gallman, I have him ranked right now as RB25, so just outside that RB2 range. High in RB3. He's consistently found ways to score. He's been involved in the passing game. He's been involved in the running game. I don't think that there's nothing you can't get out of Wayne Gallman right now. The only thing that gets in his way is the shoddy quarterback play and the immovable offense that it becomes when Daniel Jones is that quarterback. That's why he winds up getting knocked out of my RB2 range, ultimately speaking, because there is a limit to his ceiling because there's a limit on the offensive ceiling on this team to begin with. So that's the only issue you kind of run into here. But I'm playing Wayne Goldman as a flex, at the very least. Depending on what your options are, maybe your RB2. But he is going to be in the lineup. He's been good. And the Browns, throw out, last, throw out last week's game, even if you do that, the Browns are still a team that you can run the football on. And I do overall like the way this Giants offensive line, especially in the running game, has been playing lately. So I feel pretty good about a Wayne Gallman in this one, whether there's Devonta Freeman on the field or not. So let's move into a Monday night game, which... This game, this is where ESPN and Monday Night Games, they need an option to be able to flex something out. There's going to be a lot of fantasy value on the line here for one team. And there is one team that is 11-2 in this game. But even as a fantasy analyst who has implications for that game on Monday in his own leagues... I don't even want to watch this as the Monday night game. I want this to be a game in which it clumples into the you know the Sunday afternoon where you can see bits and pieces of it on red zone. Who is going to sit there and want to watch 
60 minutes of the Steelers and the Bengals. Who wants to watch? I should rephrase that. Who wants to watch 60 minutes of the Bengals right now? Period. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. But they don't seem to have this option to be able to flex out like you do sometimes with the Sunday game. So we get stuck with a Monday night matchup. We go from the Ravens and the Browns last week and all the great thriller that that was to a game that's going to be completely one-sided, but not even might not even be exciting one-sided. Might not even be high-scoring on the one side. Because the Steelers' offense has looked so out of sync, so inept. And even going up against the Cincinnati Bengals this week, which they'll win that game, but they might win it 17 to nothing. I mean, that's the type of game that we might be looking at here. And that game script, the wide range of game scripts... I should add, that could be that game, is what makes predicting fantasy value on the Steelers' side so difficult. On the Bengals' side, the only thing you're really talking about is Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. My ranking on them since Joe Burrow has gone down has not really changed much. I have them as mid to low-end wide receiver threes. Receivers can get some damage done against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that's been proven to that point. But you're praying for volume. I mean, Brandon Allen, Ryan Finley, it, this is not an offense that's going to move the ball consistently. You're, pr- you're, you're praying for a big play out of one of these guys. That's it. Otherwise, you're operating with a pretty low floor and not a great ceiling. They're, they, they, because of the volume that they see, because of the garbage time that they'll be in, they wind up finishing as wide receiver threes for me in my rankings, but lower end. You're, you, you probably have some better options. And if you're looking at your lineups this week in your fantasy football matchups and you're looking at the other side, you're looking at your opponent and you see a guy that you feel like you have to be able to compete with, you have to score with, you need to get a horse against that one. I'm I'm steering away from the Cincinnati Bengals because there's not much upside there. There's just not. Not in this offense. And I'll I'll give you my Joe Mixon update because that's what we have to do every single week. He ain't coming back this season. Zach Taylor came out and ruled him out pretty much right away again early on in the week. When asked about taking him out for the year, he said, you know, get back to us next week. Why he won't just officially rule Joe Mixon out for the year, I don't understand. And it's killing fantasy owners because if you have Joe Mixon on the IR, well, and you're and you're on your way to a championship, you still technically can't drop the guy. Just on the off stupid chance that they actually bring him back for week 16, again, I can't see it happening, but because they won't officially roll him out, you can't put him out there on the waiver wire. So hopefully you're playing in a league that has an IR spot so you can keep Joe Mixon there without it actually hurting your team because otherwise he's just he's just taking up a roster spot at this point. Why Zach Taylor played us again for the second year in a row? like he did with A.J. Green, I don't understand. What this foot injury was that has caused Joe Mixon to miss two months, I don't know. But I told you guys this back in week 14, that if he wasn't going to come back for that week coming off the IR, he's not coming back. Because why would he? Why would the Bengals want him to? So I, I we're not going to see Joe Mixon. He, he Zach Taylor, you know, like I said, he said, come back next week. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. There's no way. It would make no sense. So let's talk about the real fantasy relevancy of this game, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, as far as my health standpoint, it sounds like everybody's going to be pretty good to go. Some banged up, you know, James Conner limited and stuff like that. But it sounds like everybody's going to wind up being active for this game. Now, Conner is an RB24, meaning he's a low-end RB2. You can look at him as a high-end RB3. You can look at him as a flex play if you want to because the way he's played, he's more in that conversation than he actually is being a guy that you really want to, you know, an automatic plug in your running back spot, although you may not have better options depending on your roster construction. And the only reason why he even comes in just at that last RB2 spot for me is because it's the Cincinnati Bengals. And if the Steelers decide to actually try to run the football for once in their lives even though their offensive line hasn't been playing well, even though James Conner physically has not looked great in, a, in I would say, a month now, he just for some, there's something going on there where he doesn't have his explosiveness. Not that he's over-explosive at any other point, but he really doesn't look explosive right now. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. Things are a little bit easier. Things open up more when you're playing against a bad defense like this. So that's why he's still an RB2 for me. He's still a guy that you can play in your teams because of the matchup. And there's also another caveat to that, too, and that is the Steelers have to recognize that the offense has to get right. They have to recognize that they need to make an adjustment. They have to recognize that they need to get this team in sync in some capacity. And the only way you're going to do that is to change up what you've been doing. You cannot sit there with Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball 45 to 50 times over and over and over again, digging and dunking, when you have big play threat wide receivers And what you should have is at least a solid running game. It might not be a great running game, but it should at least be a solid running game that you can utilize play action off of where Ben Roethlisberger is truly at his best, taking shots off of that. That's what this team needs to get back to. They need to find something new. Not not this Patriot team. That's what it looks like to me. It looks like a Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels Patriot team when they're going five wide and just dinking and dunking their way down the field. It's not what this team's built to do. Chase Claypool's a big play wide receiver. Deontay Johnson can be a big play wide receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster's the only guy that is really a dink and dunk guy, and really, that's only until this year. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster before this was a guy that you thought could stretch the seam. Could be a big play guy, too. You don't have a bunch of receivers that are supposed to be out there only getting five-yard option routes. That's not what they're supposed to do. That's not what they're best suited for. I understand Ben Roethlisberger is not 100% right now. I think that should be pretty obvious to everybody watching the Steelers, watching Ben Roethlisberger, watching him move around the pocket, or their, should I say, lack thereof. It's clear he's not 100%. That's why he's getting the ball out of his hands so incredibly quickly. That's why they become think and dunk. It's why he never lines up under center anymore. That's why they're doing everything out of shotgun, which in turn has been really suffering their running game. But something's got to change. They have to find a way to get the running game going. They have to find a way to get play action back into the repertoire of this offensive scheme. The reason I bring all this up is because when you look at this game against the Cincinnati Bengals, this is 
really the best and probably the last opportunity they're going to have to get right on the offensive side of the ball before the playoffs. Because now all of a sudden they're in a dogfight to try to get to one seed again. It's not out of the realm of possibility with the two losses, but they got to get they got to get going again. So I'm going to be very interested to see in this game from this standpoint of what schematically are you guys going to do differently? Or are you going to come out in that same Roethlisberger, get the ball out of your hand in under two seconds, throw a five-yard out to a wide receiver who should be going for 60 yards, a.k.a. Chase Claypool, and are you just going to continue to use that as your offense? That offense that hasn't put up over 20 points in three weeks against the Cincinnati Bengals. Are you going to take away any explosive playmaking factor that you should have with these wide receivers? Is that what you're going to continue to do? Or are you going to mix it up? So that's going to be the storyline. That's going to be the key for me heading into this matchup. As far as the wide receivers go, where I have them ranked at, I mean, Deontay Johnson's still a wide receiver too. After getting benched last week, I am. he came out. They did play him in the second half. Mike Tomlin said he responded well to the benching. So if you're a Deontay Johnson owner and you're saying to yourself, so what, can I trust to play this guy? My answer to you is yes. He's still a wide receiver too. He's still been the best wide receiver of the Steelers, the most dependable wide receiver of the Steelers. We know what his target share is going to be out there. Just catch the ball. But against Cincinnati Bengals, with the way this offense is played, yes, 100%, there's no way Deontay Johnson's going to be sitting on my bench. And I'm not worried about him getting benched in the game this time around either. Was it annoying? Yes. Did you hopefully survive it? Probably did if you're actually listening to this show. I'm not going to shy away from Deontay Johnson. Juju Smith-Schuster is a wide receiver three, maybe borderline wide receiver two if you're in PPR leagues, but for half-point leagues, he is my wide, he's a wide receiver three for me. The volume is there. It doesn't, I mean, just he only gets targeted for, you know, three yards at a time, apparently. I mean, this guy having, you know, these stat lines of seven catches for 28 yards as consistently as he's been having him is ridiculous, but that's kind of where we're at. The volume is there. So if he happens to break one, and against the Cincinnati Bengals, he could have an opportunity here, I believe, to break one. Then you have a pretty good receiver on your hands. He's been solid as well. So I'm going to be playing Juju Smith-Schuster. The guys I'm not, I'm just, I'm continuing to not play Chase Claypool, and I'm not going to play James Washington. And I, the fact that I even have to mention James Washington is the reason why you can't play Chase Claypool. I know Washington came in for Deontay Johnson, so that boosted his snap count a little bit, maybe in that first half. But then you go back to the second half and you see Claypool and Washington are back on that rotation again. This is the other thing the Steelers need to figure out. Besides getting back to right and changing some things up schematically, you need to stop listening to Ben Roethlisberger off the field. There's no reason in the world James Washington should be playing as much as he is at the sacrifice of Chase Claypool. There's no reason for it. It's not a question. The talent level between those two receivers isn't even a question mark. And that's something that's affecting them too. So we're going to have to keep we're going to have to keep watching that. Does that continue to happen here? But Chase Claypool, not a chance. Not a chance in this fantasy playoff matchup is he going to be in my lineups in redraft leagues. No chance. No chance. Does he have big playability? Yeah. Does does he have a good matchup? Yeah. Is that usually what you're looking for out of a boom option when you need to hit a home run? Yeah. The snaps aren't there. The volume's not there. You can't trust it. 
I'd rather take my shot with a Marquise Brown on the Ravens than a Chase Claypool this week. So what we're going to do is we'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. we got the mailbag segment. We're going to talk to you before we go ahead and close out this show. So everybody, please stay tuned with us on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN, right after this. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we are back. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN, also presented to you by Belly Up Sports. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. And we just wrapped up going over the preview for the late window games for you guys heading into your Week 15 Fantasy Playoff matchups. Talked about the Thursday night game early on the show, the injury updates from yesterday's show, which you can always go back and check out on your favorite streaming app, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to go. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you, and most importantly, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network app on your Android or WWSRN on iOS. So now we have the mailbag segment to talk about, and like always, if you ever want to get in the mailbag segment or you just need any time, some lineup advice. All you have to do is hit us up at BellyUpMDFFShow on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you like to go. We're there for you guys. We will help you out. And if we like a few of the questions, we'll put you on the mailbag. Because that's how it works out here. So first up, so now we can dive into our first question of the day. We got from Fred here. He asked me, Kareem Hunt or T.Y. Hilton in the flex? It's actually an interesting conversation to have. T.Y. Hilton is a... Low-end wide receiver two for me this week against Houston, and Kareem Hunt is a low-end RB2 for me this week against the Giants. Here's what I will say. this A lot of times we get questions like this, especially when it comes to guys that are closely ranked, closely valued, and especially when it's guys that are from different positions and running backs and wide receivers, right? Because you don't necessarily, they don't necessarily mash up in the rankings altogether. A lot of times I'll ask you, do you need a floor or a ceiling play? I mean, that's just you know, a typical question to have when you're trying to dissect a question like this and people are trying to put together their roster construction. Do you need a floor or a ceiling play? Because Kareem Hunt's going to have the better floor. Because you know how many times he's going to touch the ball. You know what his involvement in the offense is going to be. Or T.Y. Hilton, while he's been on a tear the last three weeks and he's been the number one receiver for the Colts the last three weeks, there is some question, I believe, about... How is he going to play? Will it continue? Will Philip Rivers and the Colts and Frank Reich make sure they continue featuring T.Y. Hilton as that number one wide receiver? Or are they going to come off of that? Kind of like the comments that they made after this past week that they're still going to be looking at this from a running back hot hand rotation, even though Jonathan Taylor now has gone two games with 20 carries and had a breakout performance last week for 20 carries and 150 yards and two touchdowns going up in another great match against Houston where he had a good game against two weeks ago. So that's why the Colts are annoying. Because even though things have been going really well for T.Y. Hilton lately, and the Colts as an offense, and the Colts as a team, because they've been winning while T.Y. Hilton's been in this stretch, you still never know what they're going to do. So the floor has to go to Kareem Hunt. He can, you can sink your teeth into what you're going to get out of him, what opportunities he's going to get. However... I'm going to tell you which guy I'm really going to go with here, though. That's T.Y. Hilton. It's the fantasy playoffs. It's the Houston Texans. It's a guy who has four touchdowns in the last three games. 
I don't see how if you're looking if you're if you're choosing between a T.Y. Hilton and a Kareem Hunt to be in that last flex spot in your lineup. I don't see how you bench Hilton this week. I really don't. The ceiling that he has potentially in front of him against Houston, which is over 100 yards and a touchdown, with some big plays possibly mixed in, I don't see how you pass it up because that is a potential week winner. I know Kareem Hunt just came off of a, a Monday night miracle where he probably won a lot of people some matchups in a game he didn't expect him to. That's why I still think he has a decent game here. That's why I have him as RB20 against the Giants. I'm not saying he's not a good play. He is. But the ceiling of T.Y. Hilton this week is a, a, a weak winner in T.Y. Hilton in this matchup. And in the playoffs, I'm not leaving something like that on the bench. In the playoffs, it's not time to be conservative. It's time to go for the jugular. So I'm going to go with T.Y. Hilton there, Fred. That's who I would lean towards in that, in that one. But either way, you're not going to make a wrong decision. Let's put it that way. Our next question comes from Bruno. He asked me, pick two, Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin, or Corey Davis? This is pretty straightforward for me. It's Brandon Cooks and it's Corey Davis. While Tampa Bay is playing the Atlanta Falcons, and you like that for wide receivers, you like that for Chris Godwin, Godwin, to me, doesn't have touchdown potential right now. He just doesn't. They're not looking for him in the red zone. Tom Brady is heavily heavily targeting Mike Evans. And when he's not targeting Mike Evans, it's Rob Gronkowski in that part of the field. So with Chris Godwin, you've become completely dependent on volume between the 20s, on receptions and yards. That's it. You're completely dependent on that. Hasn't been a lot of big plays. When Tom Brady does throw the ball down the field, it's been either to rando guys like Scotty Miller last week, or it's been, again, the Mike Evans. Mike Evans has been his guy throughout this process. Surprisingly enough, because we thought Mike Evans might be the guy who got left out, and that just wasn't the case. Because there's this emphasis coming from Bruce Arians to get the vertical passing attack going as they move into their playoff stretch, it's kind of left Chris Godwin out of that scenario where he's just a safety blanket slot receiver and nothing more. So he doesn't have the ceiling of a Brandon Cooks, who's the number one wide receiver on the Houston Texans in a game in which they're going to have to try to find ways to score points and be aggressive all four quarters who, even though he only had, I believe it was five catches for 65 yards when they played the Colts a couple of weeks ago, he still had eight targets. Remember, he missed a decent chunk of that game getting evaluated for a potential concussion that he was eventually cleared for. And he still got eight targets in that game. That means, to me, he, he would have had double-digit targets. So as long as he stays healthy throughout this matchup, I think you're going to see Brandon Cooks with double-digit targets, and he's in more of a position to possibly be a potential big threat. I know on paper, you'd rather have the Falcons matchup than the Colts matchup when you're looking at the wide receivers. The Colts are not as good as people think they are in the secondary. Or not as good as the people think they are in the wide receiver group. Can you run on them when Buckner's healthy? No. No, you cannot. Which also plays to why I think there's going to be extra volume in the passing game. And while Kiki Kuti was the one who had the big game against them a couple of weeks ago, and I think he will be targeted quite a bit in this game. I also feel like because it happened so recently, you're going to see probably a consensus on the Colts' part defensively to take away the slot receiver because they're not going to want to get burned for 141 yards over the middle again, which I think will also open things up for Brandon Cooks on the perimeter. Brandon Cooks should be the number one targeted wide receiver of the Houston Texans heading into a tough matchup in which they're going to have to find a way to score points in the dome. So they need... 
Cooks more than Tampa Bay needs Chris Godwin. And I didn't even mention that about the game script. Tampa Bay could win this game with their defense. With the way their defense played last week, getting back to their basics with Todd Bowles, getting back to being aggressive, getting back to the exotic blitzes, getting back to playing man-to-man. They might not need Tom Brady and their offense to win this game. So there's a game script there that I think is dangerous for Chris Godwin. And the one guy I haven't mentioned yet is Corey Davis. Corey Davis playing Detroit. Corey Davis has been a more valuable wide receiver this year from a fantasy standpoint than Chris Godwin or Brandon Cooks. Yeah, the guy who probably went undrafted in your leagues has been more consistent and more valuable than guys who were supposed to be wide receiver ones and wide receiver twos all year long. So Corey Davis, to me, it's a no-brainer. I know he only had three catches, 34 yards. I think that's why it's become more of a question over the past week. He's still been a wide receiver, too, and he's playing Detroit. Take your shot. And again, I hope, I hope Matthew Stafford plays because that would keep that game competitive and possibly high scoring, which will just bode even better for Corey Davis and really all the Tennessee Titan players that you're counting on from a fantasy standpoint. So because of the volume, because of the game script, because of the need on the team, I'm going with Brandon Cooks over Chris Godwin in this matchup and also because of the potential ceiling because Cooks has a better chance to score a touchdown than Godwin does this week. And Corey Davis, because he's been probably more valuable than both of those guys. Last question of the day, we got Lenny, Amari Cooper or Chris Godwin? I'm not going to go into a whole harp thing again because we just talked about Chris Godwin in depth. I will talk about Amari Cooper, though. He's on a three-touchdown streak as well. Now, has been pretty, has been great. And other than the Washington game where he went over 100 yards, he hasn't really done that much this season. But he's had a consistent floor with Andy Dalton. He's, he's getting eight to nine targets every single week. He's getting six-plus receptions almost every single week. There's a floor with Amari Cooper. And since Andy Dalton's taken over, he's been targeted in the red zone, and that's shown over the past three weeks especially, but he's been targeted in the red zone more with Andy Dalton there. Forward Dak Prescott, remember earlier on in the season, he was looking for the tight end. It looked like CeeDee Lamb was maybe more of a red zone target, things of that nature. Andy Dalton's looking for Amari Cooper all over the field, but he's, he's looking for him in between the 20s too, or inside the 20s, I should say. So not only does he have a nice four because there's a volume that's always going to be there for Amari Cooper, no matter what C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup are doing that particular game, he's also become more of a red zone target, and he's on a hot streak when it comes to touchdowns. So Amari Cooper has a really nice floor here. I ranked. We talked about him yesterday. I ranked him as a wide receiver, too. So I definitely like Cooper much more than Chris Godwin. Again, need on the team and a much higher potential ceiling for a touchdown. So Lenny, go with Amari Cooper. That wraps it up for the show, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll be back on Monday with the Sunday afternoon recap like we normally are. And, of course, on Tuesday with the primetime recaps and the waiver wire report. That will be available to you on your favorite streaming apps and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network app on Android and iOS. Make sure you're following us throughout the weekend for the player news notifications at Show on Twitter and on Facebook. Make sure you hit up BellyUpFantasySports.com for the rankings. We'll have those updated to you guys throughout the weekend. And make sure you have your lineup set because remember, we have two Saturday games tomorrow. So make sure you look at your lineups between now and before Sunday and get that out there. Everybody take care. Stay safe. Be happy. Have a very good weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. Good luck to you. And I hope we're all talking to MD Nation in a championship week from now. See you guys then. 
Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.